um, I'm asking you to put yourself in a position to receive a word from the Lord. There's people who attend church all the time and they go to attend church or they go to hear a message, but others come with a hunger to hear from Jesus. What are you today? How many of you are here to hear from Jesus? Would you get excited about that today? Amen. Because if you desire to hear from the Lord, you will hear from the Lord. If your expectation is just to hear a message and go home, then you're just gonna hear a message and go home. But if you've come to hear from the Spirit of God, you will hear exactly what you need today. I believe God orders our steps. Does anybody believe that today? And He has ordered your steps to be here today. You are meant to hear this word as you end one season and you go into the next season. And so I just wanna thank Pastor Ed and Jody for their kindness, our life story in the last 12 months. Um, let me just build a little relationship uh, here just for a moment. We'll pray and I'll get right into the message. Pastor Josue, thank you. I can go ahead and, and, and introduce this portion. I just wanna meet you real quick and I want you to meet my, me and kind of hear a bit of who we are as I bring the word. Because this is a new um, relationship. This is a different type of relationship than the Lord would normally have a guest speaker come through a church and speak. It was about a year ago that the Lord gave me a prophetic dream. And in that dream, he told me and my wife to lay down our church of 16 years, which was very successful in Northern Illinois. Let me show you a quick picture of my family just so you can meet the most precious treasure in my life. They may have it. I'm not sure if they, it got through to them or not. There it is. Uh, that's my beautiful family. Uh, they're over here today. And yeah, you can go and clap for them because they are my favorite part of life. And they've all been on this journey with, with me. And the reason I bring all that up is the Lord told us to lay down our church of 16 years. We started from... 18 people, the Lord grew it into an exceptional work. And he said, Kevin, trust me. But in that dream, he showed us to come here to Orlando. And he connected me with Pastor Ed and Jody. And they have allowed us to become a part of this family. And they have watched over us. And they have made sure that we've had what we've needed, even through the hurricane. Jody was kind enough to be making sure we knew how to handle a hurricane. Because we don't get hurricanes in Illinois, not many of them at least. And so their hospitality and their kindness and their compassion to understand the massive life change uh, that God was asking us to take a step in faith. And so typically as I travel from church to church and I, I minister in different places, um, you deliver a message and you kind of just, you know, let the church do with it as they would. But coming here is different and being able to minister this word to you today is different because you are my family's church now. And so this word is a word for my family as it is a word for our church family now. And so I wanna thank you as Calvary for all of your kindness and opening your hearts up to us. I don't know a week that, does, that goes by that someone doesn't come up to my son, Isaiah, who's in his wheelchair over here, and they hug him and they tell him he's important and he's special. That's this church, that's the love of Calvary here. And that doesn't happen in every church, that you notice the people that are around you. So Calvary, I applaud you and I thank you for being the type of people that you are. Can you just celebrate all the good things that's in this congregation? Amen. 
And so I wanted to just build a little relationship there, give you a little bit of our story of why this message on transition, this is not something that's a canned sermon. If you've been in traveling ministry, you'll know that a lot of times pastors or preachers like to preach things they're familiar with, they're comfortable with, because we want to leave a good word and we want you to uh, laugh at the jokes that we've proven over the years and we want you to feel like it was meaningful to you. But over the last two weeks, as Pastor Ed asked me to prepare for this, I cannot give you a message that I pull out of a file. This had to be a message that was a move of the Spirit as a word of God because it affects the future of where this church, I believe, is going. And I absolutely resonate with Pastor Ed about 2020 being the beginning of a massive shift here in the church of, of harvest. And I wanna kinda give you this message today to give you some awareness, to give you some practical skills on transition and change as you move into your next season. And so if you would please, would you open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. Hopefully you have your notes in front of you. You can take down different notes. I always value when people write things down because it's meaningful to them. It's important that you learn to take notes in church what that shows is that something that was spoken is valuable enough to you to take the time to remember it and to go back through it over the week. God will speak to you if you approach this that way today. And so I just encourage you to be a note taker. And so today in Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, have you found it in your Bible yet? If you haven't found it in your Bible, if it's not in there, your Bible is defective. It should be in there, Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. The Bible says this, in the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. So the beginning of wisdom is to acquire wisdom. And with all of that acquiring, get understanding. That's my desire today in talking to you about change and transition is to help you gain wisdom and understanding about change and transition as God is changing your season from one season to another season as God has changed our personal family season from being lead pastors of a church into a new season of ministry and opportunity. If you don't have understanding of something, you can have a lot of fear and anxiety over it. I remember flying on an airplane a few years ago and one of the most precious things I saw was a, a, a person that was terrified of flying. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you're nervous of flying, but I remember when we first started flying a lot, I was very scared of flying on an airplane. So I remembered what that felt like to get on the airplane and to lock onto those armchairs and to hold on for dear life, praying in tongues that this plane doesn't crash. And I saw the person in front of me having that kind of anxiety. And what blessed me so much was the stewardess came by, knelt down next to that individual and began to whisper in their ear, clarity of all the sounds and bumps that were happening in the airplane. As she began to talk to them about that's normal, those sounds, those, those things that are mechanically you know, changing right now, the wheels coming up, all those bumps and things, that is all normal, that is natural, that's to be expected. As the person began to understand the power of an airplane, how it was put together, uh, a little bit more about flight itself and all these things, all of that fear began to go away. And I think that's what today is for. As you're transitioning into a new season, as the Holy Spirit is moving this church into a new beginning, 
that there are some things today that you can gain in wisdom and understanding that'll bring clarity so that you know what to expect in the next 12 months. So that it takes away some of the anxiety and it helps give you a proper mindset and proper actions to know how to embrace a new season. Because you will harvest in a new season if you do what you need to be doing to harvest in a new season. Amen. And so today I wanna talk to you about new seasons, transition, change. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. It should be on the screen for you. A very familiar passage of scripture, but it's more than a song, it's the word of God. Here is an, there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Let's break that down just a little bit because there's a lot of truth in there that we can say amen to because it's the Bible. And we say, amen, it's in the Bible, but we don't actually pay attention to what it's saying. And we don't actually like doing what it's telling us to do. It's talking about change. It's talking about what to do in times and seasons of change. There's a time to gather and there's a time to let go of some things. Now, I don't wanna look into your attics or your closets, but I know a lot of us can be a little bit of a hoarder naturally. And you don't like to throw anything away. In our move from Illinois to here, we threw away two large industrial dumpsters and took about 30 trips to the Goodwill of stuff that we no longer had need of and that was not going to make it across the country to Florida. I was not bringing this stuff with us. But it's amazing how much stuff you just collect over time. But you know, we do that with belief systems. We do that with habits. We do that with actions, things that were really important in one season and, and we, we hold on to them too long and we need to let them go so that we can get into the next season. And if I bring that with me to the next season, I'm gonna ruin the next season. Are you understanding this? There are some practical things and some understanding about change and seasons and shifts. And I believe God is setting you up, hopefully this week as you end 2019 and you go into 2020, God is wanting to give you some understanding that there is a time to tear down some stuff. It's not supposed to last forever. And there's a time to build some new stuff. There's a time to let go of some, some old relationships or some old friendship circles. And there's some times to learn some new skills because some of the old skills from the last season aren't gonna do it in the new season. Now, yes, there are some things that you will bring with you. So the wisdom of the spirit are what things to let go of and what things to lay hold of. Amen? Seasons will and must change. Just pause for just one second and buy into that idea, would you? Seasons must and will change. And for those of us that do not like change, 
We don't like it when they change the music. We don't like it when they change the look of the sanctuary. We don't like it when they change the calendar. We don't like it when they change the outreach. We don't like it with change. I have an unnamed child that, was, they're actually named, but I'm not gonna tell you their name. I have an unnamed child who anytime we change anything, I don't like it. We put a new painting on the wall. I don't like it. You don't like the painting? No, I don't like change. Matter of fact, they're vying right now. We have another family member that's in a great relationship and they're nervous that this family member might actually get married because it's just change. Not because it's bad, but because it's just change. And sometimes we're like that. We just don't like change for change's sake. But if we buy into this concept that God is the only one that's unchanging, but we have to keep up with the spirit of God to be fresh and current and to do what God is doing in this season of our lives. Amen. We keep changing as he is unchanging. Amen. And so today is about learning those skills and those revelations. We must become good at identifying our seasons and what changes to make so we can harvest in each season. You know, what worked in one season may become dangerous for us in this season. You know, we had a lot of winter coats back in Illinois because it is freezing there most of the time. But if I came to Florida and I chose to wear big coats all the time, how many of you know that would encumber my new season? It would make my new season unnecessarily uncomfortable for me. But I'm sitting here saying, hey, that coat protected me in my last season. So you're telling me that something that protected me in one season may harm me in my new season. See, sometimes we think change and identifying things that need to shift and transition is only identifying bad habits or bad things. Sometimes it's just trying to figure out there's a new way to do things or God is asking to embrace something else. He's not calling the old bad. Come on now. He's not calling the old bad. He's saying that just doesn't shift with you. That's not coming with you. And there's a wisdom in that because you only have so much capacity to hold on to so many things and have so many practices and he's trying to teach you new practices and new actions so you're going to have to let go of some old ones. Are you understanding this? And so that's why we're gaining understanding about new seasons. Now I wanna say this, you will produce fruit in every season. Can I speak that over you? You will produce fruit in every season. Please do not accept the excuse that says, well, I can't produce fruit in this season because it's winter or because it's been a challenging season or a difficult season. And you always put off your production of harvest to a better season one day. It's kind of like the delayed thing. I am speaking over you that you produce fruit in every season. Now, the fruit may look different in each season. Sometimes the fruit you produce is multiplication of numbers or finance. Sometimes the fruit you produce is character. Sometimes the fruit you produce is moving in the spirit on another level. Sometimes the fruit you produce is internal. But there's always fruit in every season and you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear and be aware of what I'm working on right now. Now you've been in a season of God doing some internal fruit production in this church, but he's about to now shift you to do production fruit multiplication of the harvest of souls of Orlando. 
So here's the deal. If you stay stuck as a church that's always working on the internal, you won't do the action to harvest the external. But you're like, but we're a church that focuses on the internal. We've got to get, we've got to get healthy. We have to get healthy. We have to get healthy inside. But what happens is if God is saying your next season is the season of harvest on the outside and you're still trying to do a good thing, fixing all that's wrong on the inside, you're going to get stuck in an old season doing the old things rather than shifting into doing the new things to receive what God is telling you you're able to receive today. Do you see that? And so if you're pining and longing for the old Bible studies rather than joining the evangelistic outreach teams then we're gonna miss the harvest of this season because we're trying to keep our winter coats of the last season. Are you understanding this? Am I saying that Bible studies are wrong? Of course not. And those that become Christians and serve Jesus in this new season will have to come and be discipled in this, these Bible studies. But if you stay in a Bible study for 40 years and you are not getting involved in the harvest because you're putting it off to another season, God is telling you to step into Calvary Church, it's time to step into the season that God is laying in front of you. But if you act like the old season, you won't receive what he's doing in the new season. Are you hearing me? Change is happening. It's going to happen with or without you. Amen. Let's talk about transitions just for a moment. Philippians 3, chapter 12, or verse 12 through 14. Not, this is the Apostle Paul. And in it, he's teaching this, not that I've already obtained it or I've already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. I just want to pause for a second. Can I interrupt the scripture? Is that okay with you? All right, I was going to do it anyway, but I just want to ask you permission. I love this verse because it says, I need to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me for. Until you lay hold of the call of God on your life, it will lay dormant. Other people can be excited about the anointing on your life. They can tell you, man, you've got the spirit, you have the gifts, you have the talents, you have the, the word of the Lord in your heart, you have all these things. And they speak that over until you lay hold of who God has made you on the inside and you say, this is who I am and this is how I will behave and this is how I will act. They cannot turn you into the man or woman of God that you've been called to be. Paul said, I have to lay hold of it. I have to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me for. He didn't just lay hold of you to go to heaven. He laid hold of you because he has an assignment for you, because he has a destiny for you, because he's put gifts and talents. You're a part of the body of Christ. There's an anointing that's resident on the inside of you. You are an answer to this world's problems in some specific way. You are a solution in your family. You're a solution in a generation. You were meant to be born when you were born. You're meant to be here at this church for such a time as this, but you have to lay hold of that call on your life. And don't put it off into one day when I, when I learn more and I become developed more. That's always going to be process. But we lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of us for. That's your responsibility to say, you know what? I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a son and a daughter of God. I am the temple of the Spirit of God. I do know some stuff. It is time for me to get off the bench and get into the game. I know enough to change a city already, and I'm not using what I already know. I'm seeking more information. In reality, I've already got enough power to light this city up for Jesus if I just lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me for. Come on now. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What else do you need? Amen. I got a little excited. 
Brethren, I do not regard myself to having laid hold of it yet, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Now I wanna look at that phrase, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead because it has to do with transition and change. New seasons, forgetting what lies behind. There was even some good things that Paul had in his past, some, a very great resume of some good things as a Pharisee and some things that he had in his life. He said, you know what? I let go of those things that I may lay hold of some new things. But also there's some things in his past that he had probably had to forget as well. Forgetting some things that he did wrong. Forgetting some sins that he'd committed. You know what? He was there with the first martyr of Christianity, Stephen, when he was being stoned. And Paul celebrated the stoning and the murder of Stephen. Paul was hunting Christians down and dragging their parents to prison and wrecking families. You know what? Paul had to come to a place where he had to forgive himself, accept God's forgiveness for his life so that he could lay hold of the apostle of grace that he would become. If he was always beating himself up and saying, I'm not worthy, I'm terrible, look what I did, look at my past, he couldn't lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of him because he was so busy holding on to all of his regrets, all of his shame, all of the things he did wrong in the past. He could have said, I'm not worthy for the new season. I'm not worthy to transition. I am nothing. I am nobody. So see, he also had to deal with letting go of some stuff to lay hold of some stuff. Are you hearing this today? I pray the Holy Spirit begin to put his finger on the areas of our lives that we need to let go of, that we can lay hold of some new areas. And letting go, letting go, the word forgetting what's behind, forgetting is the letting go and that's progressive, that's a process. Forgetting, the process of forgetting, which means I'm, I'm growing into learning how to forgive myself, learning how to let go of the past, learning how to change habits and actions, learning new things. And I'm learning how to lay hold, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I'm learning how to reach forward. And that's what today is all about, gaining wisdom and understanding in those areas. Let me say this. The most vulnerable points of a building, of a facility or a theme park or a hotel The most vulnerable points are the places of transition. Think about it, when the security at an airport, they get you right at the gate, right when you're coming into the airport, right? Theme parks, they're checking your bags at the theme parks, they're checking your strollers, they're checking your diaper bags. When you're coming in and when you're going out, those transition points become where we're sometimes most vulnerable to lies, to distraction, to all kinds of temptation. You know, let's say it like this. When you're in the zone of your call on your life, man, the devil can't distract you. You know what I'm saying? Like you are just in the zone. When you're doing what God has called you to do, when you're in the the middle of that sweet spot, maybe you're a businessman or woman, maybe you're a teacher and you're just loving it and you're just in there. Maybe you're a missionary or a minister and you're just doing what God's called you to do. But now all of a sudden, God begins to shift your career, begins to shift you into another occupation. Some of you going from your work world to retirement, there's a risky transition right there. Are you hearing me? going from parent, now your kids are out of the house and you're empty nesters. There's a weird transition right there. See, we all deal with transition. As much as I'm talking about church transition, I'm going to get to this in a second. Transition's a part of life. 
And if we don't know how to let go of one season to lay hold of the, of the fruit in this season, you're sitting there regretting that your kids are now grown and you're an empty nester. But you know what? There's a lot of fruit in this season of your life if you, if you, if you let go of that old season and you lay hold of this new season. Or you lose a job or you retire from a job, but you're still stuck thinking that was my life. That's who I am. That was my identity. But you know what? You still have God on the inside. You're not dead. And there's gifts and anointings and they can take a job, but they can't take your call. They can, they can shut a door, but God can open another door. But if you're looking at the old door, you won't see the new door. You'll miss the season. You'll miss the transition. Come on now. But you're sitting there at home watching soap operas and game shows and eating Twinkies, depressed because you're in transition and you haven't let yourself get focused into the next. You're grieving the past and you're in this weird in-between place. Are you hearing me? So what keeps you in that in-between place? Part of it is understanding that the seasons are changing and then also keeping your spiritual disciplines even though you're in between seasons. Amen. Praying, reading the word of God, coming to church, serving, loving people, doing the things you do know to do while there's other things that you don't know what to do. You can't deal with that right now, so you just stay doing what you know to do. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Amen. And God will bring you into the next season, but those doorways, those transitional moments are dangerous because people can fall into depression, fall into discouragement, begin to believe a lie that they're no longer called anymore because they're changing seasons, believing that the best days are behind them rather than in front of you. And the devil can get in because you're in a season of transition and change. But I'm trying to bring you wisdom and understanding today to identify what's going on. You just say, you know what? I'm just in the in-between place. But don't worry, if he brought me out, he's gonna bring me into something else. Amen? And if one door shut, don't need to worry about that. He knows how to open another one. I don't serve man anyway. I serve God. Come on, church. Come on, church. Amen. Here are some principles. Let me just pack up some principles here to help you in understanding. Here are some principles to help you in transition as a church. Number one. If God is speaking to the church about change and seasons and transition, he's actually speaking to you and not to a building. It's really important that you hear this. When Pastor Ed comes up here and he says that he believes Calvary is in a changing of season, too many times churches, you put in your head, you think that this, what happens in here is in a changing of season. But what's really going to happen is this. Multiple individuals in the church are going to start to experience great shifts and change because that's the church. Amen. Jesus didn't die for buildings. He died for his church, was his people. Amen. And so when the word, prophetic word comes forth and says, the church is about to move into transition and change, he's really saying, your family is about to shift. Your situation is about to change. And you don't have to be scared of that. You don't have to be scared of that. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong or, or it's going to hurt you or harm you. There may be some adjustment. There may be some letting go of some things to lay hold of some things. There may be some discomfort, but all of it is God's doing. And you can trust the one that died for you at Calvary. 
If he's leading you, he's not leading you to harm you. He's leading you to bring you the biggest life you can live, the most fruitful life you can live. Amen. He doesn't lead you into small lives. He leads you into big lives. And so if he's leading you out of something, it's because that's too small for you now. Amen. Amen. But I wanted to just say that publicly, that when we start speaking of shifting and change of seasons to Calvary, that we're going to start hearing it in people's lives. You're going to be moving houses. You're going to be shifting jobs. You're going to be meeting new people and new relationships. You're going to start seeing some progress in some areas. You're going to be needing to step up and do some things that scare you. You're, being, you're going to be promoted into levels that you don't feel qualified for, but God's going to put you there. Amen. And you're going to have to grow into those new shoes. So this building isn't in a season of change. You're in a season of change. You're in a season of growth. Amen. You're moving from the discipled to those that are discipling others. You're moving from being reached to those reaching others. Now Calvary is changing. Now it's not the pastoral team doing all the heavy lifting. Now the body of Christ is lifting. Are you hearing me? They've equipped the saints. So now it's time for the work of ministry for the saints. And the testimonies of healings and deliverance and prophecy is going to come from you at your workplace, not just the altars. So to come from you meeting somebody at the gas station, meeting somebody in your neighborhood, not calling just the pastor to come and pray, but to say, I am filled with the Spirit. I will pray. I will lay hold of heaven for you. I will lead you through the Gospels and teach you unto salvation. Amen. So when we say the church is changing, it's people. When the church is stepping up, it's people. When the church is shifting, it's people. Number two, seasons overlap. Please know this. Seasons overlap. It's a big deal when you don't understand these things. When God prophesies a new season and a new day, sometimes some of the unwanted things of the old season still pop up, even though you're prophetically and literally in a new season. You know, you can look at nature, right? You can be in the spring. Maybe in Illinois it was a little more drastic. But they told us it was spring. But it would snow in May. What in the world... That's why I'm in Florida now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes we can get discouraged because, wait a minute, we're supposed to be in a new season. Financially, we're supposed to be blessed now, but yet there's still some, some financial tightness from the last season. Don't worry, that tightness will leave. And you are in the new season. Don't doubt the new season because you have a few moments of the old season pop back up. Don't start speaking against the new season saying, oh, nothing changed. God isn't really moving. No, God is moving and there, are, there is an overlap between an old season and a new season. Amen. And that's part of knowing how to transition. Back to what I was saying earlier about laying hold of, to let, learning to let go of, to lay hold of. It's just an interesting little, little picture the Lord gave me years ago. If your hands are full... I can't lay hold of anything new. Amen. Do you see that? I know that sounds simple. But if your hands are full, if, if I have my heart and my spirit, my soul is all full of hurt and offense, I can't lay hold of new relationships because my heart is full of pain from past relationships. 
You see, if I'm so busy doing all the old stuff, I can't volunteer for what Pastor Ed's asking us to step and do something new. Sometimes you even have to end a season of doing something that was good for one season so that you can do what you're being asked to do in a new season. They're not asking you to do more. They're asking you to listen to the spirit and to say, what am I to be doing now? But sometimes we hear it as more, 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 more. And so we don't volunteer to do anything because we're already overwhelmed with what we're already full of. Are you, is this resonating with you? And so here, here's, here's another thing. Here's a new gift that God's trying to bring into my life. And I really want it and it, I desire it, but my hands are already full. The only way to receive this is to be willing to let go of some stuff. Amen. Are you willing? See, it's like I was saying back in the beginning, we're hoarders by nature. There's relationships that we refuse to let go of. But you know what? If we were honest, those relationships are dragging us down. There are patterns and habits that we refuse to let go of, but those habits are not serving us anymore. And unless we're willing to let go of, because it's not just adding a new habit to all the old habits. Let me say it like this. You can add exercise all you want, but if you have a whole pizza and two liters of pop for breakfast, three cheeseburgers for lunch, and a bowl of ice cream for dinner, just because you added exercise doesn't mean you're gaining or gonna lay hold of health. Are you understanding? You have to let go of some stuff. Let it go, let it go. Amen. Shame and guilt, that's, that's huge for some people. You gotta let, you gotta receive the grace of God, forgive yourself and let go of your past. Jesus has, okay? The only one bringing it up is you or the devil. God's wanting to talk to you about your future and you keep bringing up your past. Amen. Amen. So God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. What must I let go of in this season as we transition that I may lay hold of what you're trying to bring into my life, what you're trying to bring into my family, what you're trying to bring into our church. Because just because the season changes doesn't mean you're going to successfully lay hold of what's happening in the season. If your hands are full of the past stuff in the past season, you'll miss all of the presence of the new season. Amen. Amen. So that leads me to point five, forgiveness. So if you go through a list of the principles, it was remember God speaking to the church, two seasons overlap, three, learn to lay hold of, uh, to let go of and lay hold of, Oh, four, sorry, I have a fourth, I forgot my fourth. As you transition into a new season, learn to celebrate the good from the past season. Hallelujah. Here's where this comes in. Um, sometimes, and this is maybe a pastoral thing, but I think it's everybody. We go through a tough season and when you look back, it's just hard. There's just a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of ick in some, some seasons of life. And that's not just pastors. I don't want to isolate. How many of you ever have seasons of your life that you just don't want to look back on? Anybody? Right? Most of us? Okay. The four of you that didn't raise your hand, would you tell us how you did that? You're amazing. But the truth is, it's important that we let ourselves celebrate the wins of a last season even if you're anxious for the new season. Amen. 
That's a big deal. Let yourself look back on 2019 and see the growth that happened. Maybe, maybe it didn't happen in your finances, but it happened in your spirit. Maybe it didn't happen numerically in your business or in the church, but some other things happened. It's important to let yourself celebrate the wins because we can become so focused on what isn't happening, we can't see what is happening. And when you live a life like that, it's miserable. You won't play the game very long if you don't see the wins. Are you understanding this? But that's part of that is learning how to make yourself, re-educate yourself on how to spot the wins. And you find Christians sometimes complaining about everything as if God isn't doing anything. And that's a lie. God is doing so many things if you'll just take the time to give him credit. You take the time to pay attention. But here's the thing, if you don't learn the habit of celebrating the wins of the last season, you'll miss the wins of this season. Because you habitually see the wrong in life. You you consistently see what's, what's not happening rather than you're looking for what God is doing. I found this to be true in life. Normally, I I see what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for problems, I find more problems. If I'm looking for solutions, I find solutions. If I'm looking for God, I will see him. If I'm looking for the devil all the time, I'll see the devil all the time. Is this resonating? And so it's important that you let yourself celebrate some of the wins from the last season, even if it was a tough season, because God will teach you and fuel you for the next season. Number five, forgiveness. This goes back to the Apostle Paul conversation. It's important that you forgive others as you move into your new season. If you've been alive for five minutes in this world, you've probably been disappointed or hurt. It's just the way the world is. You're not a unique case. Welcome to humanity. People disappoint, people hurt. People can be mean and vicious. It's a fallen world. God never intended it to be this way. We did this. There's people who blame God. God, why would you let this happen? God didn't create this mess. Are you hearing this? But it's important as you move into a new season, don't bring the bitterness from the last season into the new season. Don't bring that pain. Don't bring, forgive them today. Forgive those that disappointed you. Forgive those that were unfaithful to their word. Forgive those that were malicious against you. Let them go. Because you have a new season. There's a new clean slate in front of you. Do you really want to put that poison into your new clean slate in front of you? You have that choice. It's your choice. Do you hear me? It's not the devil. It's not God. It's not somebody else. It's my choice whether or not I bring that unforgiveness with me. I don't have to. The Bible tells me I can forgive. It doesn't mean it erases it from my memory. It doesn't mean that I'll never, it won't pop up in my mind, but I know when it does what to say. I have forgiven and I'm laying that behind me. I am reaching for what lies ahead. As you're moving into a new season, that unforgiveness will not serve you. That resentment, that bitterness will not serve you. Someone said one time that unforgiveness is like you drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. You staying bitter is not hurting them at all. It's hurting you. So there's two people to forgive. Forgiving them 
But now let's set that, that, that aside about those relationships that you need to forgive somebody else. But some of us need to forgive ourselves so that we can go into the next season. Amen. Because we didn't hit some goals in the last season. We, we were kind of a personal disappointment to ourselves. Remember what I said about the Apostle Paul, for him to move into his next season, he had to forgive some things about his past, some things about himself, areas he didn't measure up. If you're always judging yourself and condemning yourself and telling yourself what you're not, you're not going to live like the full stature of the measure of Christ that you were meant to live in. Because all you can see is what you're not. That's all you think about. It's all you talk about. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not capable but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the body of Christ. You understand this? You are the salt, you are the light, you are the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Did we earn that? No, but that's where he placed us. He seated us with him in heavenly places. Amen. So sometimes for us to move into our next season, we have got to stop and forgive ourselves from the past season so that we can lay hold of the new season that's in front of us. So sometimes forgiveness requires us forgiving somebody else, but sometimes in transition, forgiveness requires us forgiving ourselves. Number six, I'll bring it to a close. I get to choose what I bring into my new season. I speak that into you, I hope that you hear that today. I get to choose what I bring into my new season. Others don't choose for me. God doesn't choose for me. The devil doesn't get to choose for me. Circumstances don't get to choose for me. I choose how I show up in my next season. Can you hear that? Sometimes people blame somebody else. Well, the reason I'm this way is because of them. No, the reason you're this way, whatever negative way that is, because you chose to be that way. I'm, I'm now a part of your church family, so you gotta love me regardless of what I just said. <laughs> But it's true. People say, well, I lost my job and it made me this way. No, people lose their job all the time and they choose how they wanna be. Amen? People get hurt all the time and they choose who they wanna be. The devil didn't make me this way. Other people didn't make me that way. And God doesn't force you to be a certain way. He gives you opportunities. And so I get to choose what I bring into my next season. I'll just share a quick story. Um, I get to choose who I'm gonna be in my belief system and, and how I think in my next season. Um, when we were starting our church, we built it on the word of God, we built it on healing and prophecy and deliverance, different things like that. And I remember being in a series called Christ the Healer. And my wife uh, was uh, pregnant with our twins, um, our, our son and our daughter. And towards the end of the pregnancy, and it was a very difficult pregnancy, um, the church was growing, but we were living in the hospital. I was driving back and forth, visiting other people in the hospital and then sleeping at the hospital with my wife uh, just because that's what, that was our home for a long time. Um, when they found hydrocephalus or a brain bleed uh, in, in, in the womb, they had to do emergency delivery. And I remember, and this is a shortened version of this story, but I remember being a little upset with the Lord. Can I just have an honest moment and not be a preacher for a second and just be a dad? I was just upset with the Lord. Because here I am building this church, preaching on Christ the healer, and I realized that my firstborn son is going to have 
uh, brain damage. I also got additionally upset when the lady next to us, who was a heroin addict, this was like her third or fourth child, the police were already there uh, to take the child um, because of all the laws and everything and give the child into protective custody. But her child was born perfectly fine. And I said in my mind, I remember getting a, something to drink, saying, that's not fair. That's not fair, God. And I remember going week after week as he was fighting for his life to the hospital and just struggling inside. And I remember looking at my wife one day in the cafeteria and I said, I don't want to preach healing anymore. I can grow a church and just teach people how to play nice in the sandbox and be good people. And you can grow a decent church that way. You don't have to preach the gifts of the spirit. You don't have to preach those promises. And she looked over at me in the cafeteria and she said, well, what does the Bible say? And everywhere in scripture that I saw, the Bible tells me to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. It tells me that God is the God that heals. I saw healing all throughout the scriptures. And so that day we made a decision, not based on circumstance, not based on my emotions or what I felt like doing. We made a decision to preach healing and to preach standing on the promises and believing God for miracles even though we were facing some things that we were not expecting and didn't desire. And for the next 15 years, we grew a church seeing the Holy Spirit give people brand new hearts, open up deaf ears. It was common to see legs grow out. It was common to see people healed of diabetes or cancer. Or people would come two, three hours away to come and be prayed for by not me alone, but healing teams. So I'm so glad you have such a great altar team here because God doesn't just use one person, he uses the body. But you know, I think to myself, what if I would have chosen to keep the bitterness and disappointment and build my theology on that? How many people would have died prematurely? Because I didn't build it, I could have chosen to build a church that didn't preach that anymore. But do you see what I'm trying to encourage you today? you can make a decision to say, you know what? I believe God. And this is who I wanna be in this season, regardless of what did or didn't happen in the last season. Regardless of hurt, pain, unforgiveness, shame, whatever, I get to choose what I bring into my new season. You say, well, the devil did this and that was this. Doesn't matter, circumstances don't determine who I'm gonna be. And the devil doesn't get to build me. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.